here's today's spoken edition of Slate. McCain's absence at Gina Haspel's CIA confirmation hearing was a game changer. By Mike Pesca. Gina Haspel was on Capitol Hill Wednesday facing questions from senators in her quest to become the head of the CIA. On Wednesday's gist, Mike Pesca spoke with Tim Weiner, author of Legacy of Ashes, the History of the CIA, about the hearings. They discussed how Haspel dodged several questions about her involvement in torture as a CIA officer and what that means for the agency going forward. The interview has been edited and condensed for clarity. Mike Pesca, what were the most revealing questions? Tim Weiner, Senator Kamala Harris of California asked, is torture moral, yes or no? No, Haspel wouldn't go there. Is there good evidence that torture has yielded actionable and unique information? No. In fact, the CIA inspector general said it didn't. People who are being tortured will say anything to stop the torture. Khalid Sheikh Mohammed, the mastermind of 9-11, was waterboarded 184 times in 2003, and he told the CIA that there were black Muslims training up in Montana to execute terrorist attacks, which is not true. I could understand looking at Gina Haspel's resume and saying that it's unfortunate that we can't know more, but it's also proper that we can't know more. And I could also understand saying that there are conflicting virtues in such an organization, and one is we really do want people to follow orders. But I can't really understand the way of thinking that you would want someone in that job who could not say flat out that torture is immoral. You know, espionage is amoral. A CIA officer working overseas, as Haspel did for most of her career, is a species of legal criminal. Espionage is illegal everywhere. You're asking people to commit treason when you recruit them as agents. It's a dirty, difficult, dangerous business, and it requires lying about who you are and what you do. Now, you can be a great clandestine services officer, but when you get back to Washington, you can't lie to your fellow Americans. You can't lie to your fellow CIA administrators and bosses back at headquarters. If you do, you're dead. Intelligence is based on trust, and if you can't trust one another, you're doomed. This is also why we have civilian control and oversight of the CIA. We might want a nest of these amoral actors doing the best they can to get us the information, but we also should very much want the people at the top defining where the lines are, and that's why elected senators have to confirm Haspel. I understand she has a great resume and she's skilled in many areas, but it seems very problematic to have no one in the chain who will say, well, the bright lines are to be drawn by me. The great problem with congressional oversight of the CIA is that oversight is one of those words that has two meanings. Since 9-11, it's been the prevalent meaning of congressional oversight to look the other way. There are important exceptions, but we've gotten to the point where certainly most of our elected representatives are willing to take what comes in exchange for a promise that there won't be another 9-11 attack. Should senators have set up a scenario where they can see that perhaps you were a person in the chain of command who had an order that was signed off by the Justice Department? But what we want to do here is determine that if you were higher up in that chain of command, what would you have said? There's a crucial couple of years, 2005, 2006, 2007, that Haspel would not address when she was a senior officer in counterterrorism and in the clandestine service, the division of CIA that does spying. 
Torture had been outlawed, largely at the instigation of Senator McCain, who knows something about torture, having been tortured as a prisoner of war. What's the CIA doing in response? Is it saying, stand down, everybody, use kid gloves, follow the Army Field Manual, which forbids violent interrogations? There's a lot of ambiguity because people have been deceiving their superiors on this issue, on the destruction of the tapes, and everybody's kind of hunkered down in the defensive posture because nobody wants to be indicted. We don't know what Haspel did in positions of first-rank responsibility. We do know this. I think that most people at the CIA, both the intelligence officers and the analysts, are going to be standing on their chairs cheering if she's confirmed because she's one of them. We've had a lot of politicians running the CIA. Mike Pompeo, most recently. Porter Goss was Bush's choice, a congressman, a terrible director, disastrous leadership. There hasn't been somebody straight out of senior leadership in the clandestine service confirmed since Richard Helms in 1965. Was he a good chief? He, in my opinion, was one of the very best. Unfortunately, he also had to plead guilty to lying to Congress later in his career and pay a $2,000 fine. He had two oaths. One, put your hands on the Bible, raise your right hand, and swear to tell the truth at his confirmation hearings to become ambassador to Iran in 1973. The second oath was to protect the secrets. Asked if the CIA had anything to do with trying to overthrow the government of Chile, he said, No, Senator, nope, not us. Lie. Operation Condor. And these twin oaths between keeping the secrets and telling the truth to your fellow Americans, Haspel is the embodiment of the contradiction. She chose not to talk about crucial elements of her career, including elements that would sound great if the American people knew about them. She didn't say, but I can tell you that she served in Azerbaijan, in Ethiopia, she served in the Middle East, and with specific emphasis on targeting Moscow's espionage in those countries. That's hard work, and she deserves respect for that. And the CIA has chosen to declassify details like she once helped out Mother Teresa. Does that make her a saint? Apart from the enhanced interrogation and extraordinary rendition aspects of what she did, does her experience, resume, and comportment argue for her or against her to lead the CIA? Well, she's obviously smart. She's obviously dedicated. She obviously, having spent the last 31 years working at the CIA, knows the agency upside down and backward. Having particular expertise in Russia operations, she might be handy to have around when the Russia investigation gets closer and closer to the White House, which it will. The intelligence component of that is going to be crucial, and cooperation with Robert Mueller will be essential to the pursuit of that case. What if Trump says, I want you to do something immoral, illegal, or just plain insane? She said, I'm not going to reinstitute torture. She said that flat out. She had to say that or she'd be doomed. What I'd want to know if I were sitting up there is how do you brief the president when he won't listen to anything longer than a tweet? How will intelligence inform the White House? How are you going to get around truths through Donald Trump's thick head? What if he doesn't want to talk to you? What if he does things that you think are palpably nuts? How do you speak truth to power? From your reporting, does the rank and file of the CIA or even the elites within the CIA, do they view the enhanced interrogation program as just doing our job and perhaps an ugly consequence of their loyalty and oath? 
Or did they view it as something that should have been done and ugly, but it was the right thing to do? I think now they realize, 15, 16 years after the fact, that they didn't know how to do this. They should never have been given the job and that they don't want to do it again. That's the consensus in the CIA? I mean, people probably should have gone to jail over this. We've never had a full reckoning. We've never had a public examination of this. We've never had the facts to deal with that. But these were violations of laws of God and man, not to mention the Geneva Conventions. Why is it then that she's so popular? Why is it more of a circling the wagons if they've had this rethinking of the actual misdeeds? When you're let into the clandestine service of the CIA, when you become a spy, it's like you're being initiated into a mystical sect. Only you and your fellow brothers and sisters can understand. Everybody else doesn't understand. No one can fully grasp the power, the mystique of your smoke and your mirrors and your rituals and your rites. That said, intelligence is a necessity. Yes, it's distasteful. Yes, it's a dangerous and dirty business. But if you're a superpower that's projecting your power overseas, if you don't have the intelligence, you're dead. When intelligence fails, people die. And we've only been at this for barely 70 years, the United States, running a secret intelligence service. The British have been at it since Queen Elizabeth I in the 1500s. The Russians have been at it since Peter the Great in the early 1800s. And the Chinese have been at it since Sun Tzu wrote The Art of War 26 centuries ago. We're grown-ups. We realize we have to be good at this. Are we good at it? Not very. So I think for CIA officers to have one of their own put in the number one position as director, someone who, with the exception of torture, had by all accounts an exemplary career, they're willing to live with the stain. How might things have been different if John McCain were there in person? That would have changed the entire ballgame if McCain had lifted his bony index finger and pointed at Gina Haspel and said, You are a participant in one of the darkest chapters in the history of this country. You countenance torture. She could not have looked him back in the eye.